This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. April showers bring May flowers. We saw rain this weekend, and it's raining all today, too. So the flowers, let's just say they better deliver. But you know, that's just springtime in Chicago. And it's also that time of year where some of you may be dusting off those gardening tools to boost the greenery around you. Do you know where to start? Or if your backyard looks like something out of a post-apocalyptic movie, do you need help to get things back on track? So joining us now with everything that you need to know to get your spring gardening on is Eliza Fournier, the Urban Farm Director at the College of Lake County. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. Also with us, Chester Jankowski, Senior Horticulturalist at the Chicago Botanic Garden. Welcome to Reset, Chester. Hi, thanks for having me. And if you've got spring gardening questions, give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. Chester and Eliza are here to help with whatever gardening problems you are facing. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. I can already see that someone's called. Uh, So let's start with you. Have you been in in spring gardening mode yet, Eliza? Uh, Well, we are at College of Lake County. We are just beginning um, to kick off spring. Uh, We kick it off with our um, plant sale, our student plant sale, um, May 11th and 12th. So all kinds of plants to help other people get inspired and get going. And we also had our first day on the farm today. So... Reopening Ugh. things, seeing what's made a home in the sheds it uh, over the winter. The it was gross. I'm glad we had to come here. I had to leave. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to be with you. Yeah, and, and you brought beautiful flowers for yeah. us here in studio. Yeah, this Talk is a basket of these. This is a basket of petunias. And we were talking about, um, in the notes we sent, we were talking about what's too early and what's too late to plant. And it's usually never too late to plant, but it's a little too early to get to many of our favorite spring plants like geraniums, petunias, the kind of basket fillers we like to put on our porches and things like that. So Uh just be, when you go, just be mindful. When you go to the garden center, be mindful of the things that need a little bit more warmth and sun. It's not quite time for that yet. Okay. And and Chester, how about you? Are you already in, in, in spring gardening mode? Yeah, we've been in spring gardening mode for the past three weeks. Okay. Um, as soon as the Botanic Gardens water gets turned on, we are planting spring annuals. Okay. I was planting over a thousand violas and dianthus this nice. morning, which are your pansies. Um, and so we, yeah, we've stayed busy. Our tulips are in full show. We've got about 40,000 tulips in and around our area. So um, it's the busy season. May yeah. is always kind of prime time. Why is that? Why is spring, Chester, the, the ideal season to start gardening? Uh, it's easier for gardeners to put things in the ground because nature keeps them watered. Uh, that's a very easy tip. Uh, I recommend putting things in the ground now. I started as early as a month ago putting stuff. So you could dig into the ground you could put stuff into the and ground. And it's not too cold right now? I mean, it depends. Like Eliza mentioned, if you're doing petunias or kind of your warm season crops, as people call them, such as tomatoes, watermelon, cucumbers, things like that, mm-hmm. avoid putting those out to roughly Mother's Day is around our average frost end frost date. Um, but yeah, you could dig any tree or shrub for the most part or perennial into the ground as soon as the ground's workable. Yeah, well, we know the weather's been yo-yoing lately, right? So, you know, Warm, sunny, uh, snow even. Has the swing affected anything, Eliza? Yeah, we are noticing different plants, trees, shrubs, uh, bulbs blooming at bizarre times, uh, which is kind of cool. And that's what it's like the miracle of nature. Every time, every spring is different. And that's what keeps us, that's what's kept me interested in gardening all my life. And um, so I think the one thing I would warn 
gardeners about is getting too confident in that the worm will come as early as it has and planting things that are a little bit outside of the hardiness zone of where we're at. So oh, so like what should we plant at a time Anything, like anything. Well, you can plant, like Chester said, you can plant almost anything, but make sure that it's a plant that's hardy to our USDA hardiness zone. Cool season annuals are, are yeah. a good uh, yeah. thing to look at at the nursery, you know, that because yeah. most of the cool season annuals per se don't like hot, hot heat. And so they're happy anywhere between 45 now, 40, and say 70. And then mm. come July, they'll kind of fade out and go to the wayside. Okay. Well, let's jump to the phone lines. We've got Megan in Kenwood calling in. Hey, Megan, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you so much. Sure. What's your question? I have a question about container plants um, and native uh, plants native to Illinois. Can you grow plants native to Illinois, particularly wildflowers or prairie grasses, in containers? Good question. Yeah, um, I would say go for it. Um, perennials and natives, and I would even you know recommend maybe a shrub or something to give you some winter interest that stays in your pot all year long. Uh, there's plenty of native grasses, as you mentioned. Uh, things like carex or little blue stem are a great addition that we use in our container program at Chicago Botanic Garden. Um, and if you're looking for wildflowers, I would opt for some seed mixes, and I would seed them right into your container or spend a little bit of extra money and maybe buy a couple inch pot or a quart uh, at your garden center. Uh, really make sure that they are native. I've seen a lot of Illinois wildflower mixes that have uh, a few invasives in them. So really do your homework. Look at either an Illinois extension list or uh, chicagobotanicgarden.org to kind of nail home what you have is what you want. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking with Eliza Fornia from the College of Lake County and Chester Jankowski from the Chicago Botanic Garden. We're discussing the best way to prepare for spring gardening this season, and we're taking your questions. Call us now at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Let's hear from another caller. Here's Valerie in Little Village. Hey, Valerie. Hi. Thank you so much. Sure. I was calling to ask, how can I get connected to local groups that are really working to plant native species? Mm, good question. That is a great question. I, I think a great place to start is um, the forest preserves and also um, open lands. Um, there's tons of um, volunteer opportunities to get to be out in those open spaces and engaging with native plants. And then, um, like I said, we are selling native plants at our um, plant sale uh, right now. And like Chester said, they're um, from very reputable sources. So I think that's another thing to really focus on is where are your native plants coming from? Are they truly native? Are their seed sources native and things like that? So I would recommend checking out um, local plant sales. This is They're all over the place, but I have to promote CLCs because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so take, take me back here. Some folks may want to start a garden, mm -hmm. but they have no idea where to begin. Chester, your advice for them? Um, start with a plan and realize you won't create a beautiful garden of your dreams in two months, three months, six months, eight months, probably a year and a half. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, you could start small, and I recommend everybody start small, especially if you're a brand new gardener. Um, see if you could keep a basil plant alive or an herb box on your patio. Um, if you're smart, you'll set timers, and you'll allow yourself to keep those alive, and you'll set get success. 
Um, but if you're looking to have a brand new, you know, edible food forest and perennial border with, you know, an apple orchard in your backyard, uh, start small. Uh, one tree at a time, one bed at a time, one plant at a time. Mm, um, I love that. And site work and prep work for your soil is your most important thing. Uh, you're growing everything out of your soil. So unless you know exactly what's in it with a soil test, it's hard to get instant success if you don't know what to add or what's in it or if it's even safe to eat out of. There's a lot of uh, instances, you know, growing in the garden, mm-hmm. in the city with you don't know what's been on your previous site before. Is it lead paint? Is yeah. it toxins? Uh, always get a soil test if you're unsure, especially if you're eating it. So that was one of those asking for a friend questions that was really for me <laughs> because we've talked a few times on this program, Eliza, mm-hmm. where I've told you mm-hmm. uh, how terrible I am at uh, at keeping indoor plants in good shape. Um, I would really like to do some outdoor gardening this year. I want to do some stuff on, on my balcony. I'm, in, I'm inspired by what Chester just said about, like, you know, an, an herb box, for instance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how, do, how does someone like me, who's pretty terrible at it, how do I know if gardening is even right for me? I think exactly what Chester said. Start small. Um, and I, frankly, I think outdoor plants are easier than indoor plants because Mother Hallelujah. Nature, Mother Nature is your best friend, she's going to help you out. Like Chester said, she's going to be watering in the springtime. She's going to worry about the light. So if you have the right plant for the right space and you just start small, a lot this of this is my moment. Then my you, comeback. One basil plant, Sasha. You can. One basil you got plant this. at a time. Make sure you have sun though. Basil likes sun and it okay. likes warm. I mean, that's Chicago. That's Chicago's responsibility. <laughs> Give me some sun. It's not, I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> um, so we, we had a caller named Raha in Highland Park who couldn't stay on the line, but her question was what are the pros and cons of sheet mulching, like newspaper or cardboard, under the mulch? Any thoughts? I mean, so I've heard, I haven't personally done it. I've maybe thought about doing it at my yard at home because I have a terrible weed mess in my backyard. Um, and it's it's to kill all the weeds underneath. So if you've got a terribly toxic bed in your back and there's nothing but invasives and garlic mustard and buckthorn, and you know that you can't pull all the weeds out of it and you don't want to use a chemical herbicide, what you do is you put sheets of uh, newspaper and cardboard and you put mulch and dirt on top of it and you let the sun kind of bake that soil underneath for a good couple of three months. I've seen anywhere up to a year. That'll get rid of all of the seeds and the weed seeds and almost make that soil sterile. Um, it will call probably all the beneficial things inside of it, but it'll most importantly get rid of your invasive seeds and give you a fresh start. So if you're starting a, a perennial garden or a full-on vegetable garden in ground, sheet molting's a, a great way. I've even seen you plant in holes through the cardboard uh, with then leaving your cardboard and your newspaper still intact, cutting holes in it, and then it acts as an actual another layer of mulch. Interesting. Uh, we've got a caller standing by. Here's Robert in Barrington. Hey, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, thank you. Um, I got tomato plants every year. The leaves like turn yellowish white, and then they die. The bottom of the plant, or it's all the way to the top. Is there anything you can do to prevent that from happening? Tomatoes turning yellow. Quick, quick question, Robert. Um, can are you planting them in the same place every year? Pretty much, yes. So probably it's some, it's some kind of fungus in your soil if you're getting the same result every year. The other thing is that it could be simple that you're planting them too early and they're too cold. So there could be lots of different <laughs> problems that are happening. But I would say start with the things that you can control. You can control the soil and you can contr- and the place and you can control when you plant them. So start planting a little bit later. 
So you get that nice warmth that the tomatoes like and start by uh, and maybe move where you're planting them and do a lot of soil amendment like compost um, before you're planting them to make sure they have the right nutrients that they need. A soil test like Chester recommended earlier might also be helpful. I would also say that when you're watering too, try not to Mm -hmm. water from above. Uh, Most people set a sprinkler and let things water, but tomatoes are highly susceptible to foliar diseases. Mm -hmm. So when you water, make sure you just kind of flood underneath or if you've got a little drip line, that's best. Um, But to avoid that water and soil splashing up sitting on the leaves because that will spread the fungus that may inevitably be in your soil. Chester, while I have you there, there's a question from Brian on Facebook. Brian says he wants to do a vegetable garden in ground in the city, but he's wondering if he needs to worry about the soil being contaminated with anything like lead. Yeah, you can't assume anything, especially in the city. Even if it's not lead or you know you weren't on a factory site, it could be a car crash. It could be somebody spilled a bunch of, I don't know, something, a contractor spilled something. There could be glass. There could be anything in your in your soil. So always wear gloves when tilling up your soil if you're adding good compost. And it's pretty simple to send out and get a soil test. I mean, there's basic levels and then there's high, high levels with macro and micronutrients. Mm-hmm. Most amateur gardeners don't need to go that far, but at least to know that your soil's safe to eat in. We, we've uh, touched on these, uh, but I, I do want to get some specifics. Two big problems every gardener faces we know are weeds and pests. Mm-hmm. Once they take over, it can really just be easy to give up mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your advice, Eliza? Um, mulch for the weeds, um, and that's great for your watering um, too, and your just your plant health in general. So mulch will help a lot with weeds. And I recommend a natural organic mulch. And when I mean organic, I mean something that will turn into soil eventually again. So okay. rocks, not so much. Um, plastic, not so much. But even like the newspaper and pa- paper works great as mulch. So that, in, and then in terms of pests, depends on what kind of pest you're mm-hmm. talking about. We've got insect pests and we've got mammalian pests. We got little squirrels, we got chipmunks, we'll we got deer. Give us deer. some advice for all of those, um, so all I of think the above. Insect pests, what I would recommend is prevention, 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 monitoring, look at your uh, plants, get in touch with them, be up close, talk to them. That will be beneficial in lots of different ways. uh, So that's for insects. Look at your plants for for small mammals and large mammals. Real physical barriers are pretty much the only thing that keep um, literally block them out, literally block them out. (laughs) I have chicken wire uh, walls and ceiling on my vegetable garden to keep the squirrels and rabbits out, and it's the only thing that works. Yeah, the fake owl that we mm-hmm. ha- that doesn't work. Oh. I mean, you know, putting hair in with mm-hmm. when you're planting that doesn't work. Vaseline, none of that really works. Cayenne pepper, Vaseline. I think the squirrels have a t- taste for it now. Cayenne pepper, I've seen it. Maybe even like blood meal, I've heard works oh, a, a little bit, but for the most part, yeah, it's a physical barrier and mm-hmm. and scouting. Yeah, yeah. making sure. You know that, you know, check the undersides of your leaves. If, yeah. You know, if you've never lifted your plant and looked under the leaves, yeah. 90% of the time that's where your pests are living. Mm, interesting. Let's hear from Grant in Lyons. Hey, Grant, welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, we have a lot of buckthorn that grows um, in our yard and we're across from a forest preserve. So I was just wondering, what's the best way to kind of deal with invasive plants when they start to uh, sprout up? Um, Again, depends on the kind of plant. You mentioned buckthorn, so I'll focus on buckthorn. Um, Get it small. 
Get it when it's little. It's easier to pull out um, with your hand or with a shovel. Once it gets to tree or shrub size, really the only way to remove it is to cut it. And there's lots of good little um, battery-powered chainsaws, kind of handheld battery-powered chainsaws Hmm. that'll really do the trick, or loppers. The problem is when you cut the stump, if you leave a stump of buckthorn, plant's response is, I want to live. You cannot kill me. I will come back stronger than ever. And it will sprout five buckthorn where one buckthorn lived before. So you just have to either try to get that stump dug out or use a chemical um, stump treatment on it to prevent that from coming back Um, or just keep cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down because it will come back with a vengeance. Let's hear now from Janice in Morton Grove. Hey, Janice, welcome to Reset. Yes, hi there. Um, So botanic garden question. Um, The botanic gardens posted a few weeks back a beautiful shot of a field of blue early spring flowers, which uh, are scylla plants. Uh, They they come from bulbs. Um, So I, I love the color blue, and I was reading the comments on that post, and a number of people were saying how invasive it was. Uh, so at that point, I looked up Scylla and found out that it is indeed invasive and especially bad if it gets out into the forest preserves. <clears throat> um, with you know, then my eyes were open. Then I looked at my own garden, which where I had planted Scylla, you know, some years back, and by golly, it was trying to take over um, wherever I'd planted it. So in the you know, since seeing that post, I've spent many many uh, energetic hours trying to dig out this uh, this little bulb. Right. Um, it is hard work. So my question is, um, what can we do or what can the Botanic Garden do to raise awareness about the problematic uh, invasiveness of this beautiful pest? So, yes, it is from Siberia. It is invasive. Um, I think our view at the Botanic Garden is that it's in a lot of our display beds and it's a beautiful flower Um, It's our responsibility as an institution to kind of teach everybody about what's native, what's not native. Um, For you, if you would like to go and remove it from your yard one single bulb at a time, that is very noble. Mm -hmm. Um, When we have millions and millions of bulbs at the Botanic Garden, we're going to make sure that they're not spreading to our native woodlands. Um, but we're going to keep, you know, some of our display gardens um, to show people what they are, what they can be and how they are beautiful. What's a must-see at the Botanic Garden right now? Um, spring flowering trees, um, red buds, crab apples are just starting to go. Uh, things like cherries and apricots and other stone fruits are starting to just about fade. And about the end of the magnolias um, are going as well. And if you love annuals, like I mentioned this morning, I planted over 1,100 violas. And there's probably a good 5,000 more in every shape and color that you can imagine. So spring annuals and spring flowering trees. You worked, Eliza, at the Botanic Garden for over 20 years. Is that right? Yes. Now we know you're in this new role as uh, College of Lake County's urban farm director. You're leading a new center that the college is building along the lakefront in Waukegan. What can you tell us about the new center? Sure. The College of Lake County has um, had a campus in downtown Waukegan for decades. And um, recently we've opened up a brand new student services center. So it's a beautiful building overlooking the lake. And as part of the campus revitalization, um, actually inspired by the Chicago Botanic Gardens Farm on Ogden, um, building an urban farm center that will be able to be an indoor controlled environment agriculture training and display um, 
place to learn about controlled environment agriculture because as our food, we were talking about climate shifting and changing. As our uh, climate changes, our food system and where our food comes from is going to have to change too. So how can we have a more secure food system in Lake County? And part of that really depends on if we have trained individuals who know how to grow in this way year yeah. round. Most of our lettuce comes right now from California and Arizona and the places that are seeing droughts um, happen uh, more and more frequently. So this controlled environment agriculture, growing things hydroponically indoors all year round can make sure we have a more um, stable local food system. And so right now we're in the process of designing the, um, uh, we've gotten approval to move ahead with the city of Waukegan and we are working on the design and raising funds to make this dream a reality to have a local food center right in downtown Waukegan, which is really exciting. Listen, it's allergy season. We can't ignore that. Before we go, I mean, what are the worst plants for allergies? Just so some of us can stay away. All of those beautiful spring flowering trees I mentioned are, are, are going to make you probably sneeze. and Great, even things, Even oaks, your mighty beautiful oak is going into full flower now and is starting to produce pollen. I know it was all over my car this morning. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. You, you agree? Yeah, yeah. It's You're nodding. That, that pollen, it's just the dust. That's My daughter's having a tough dust. time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. (laughs) Hopefully that's given us all a head start on getting our flora and vegetables ready for the spring planting season. Our thanks to Eliza Fournier, who's urban farm director at the College of Lake County and Chester Jankowski, senior horticulturist at the Chicago Botanic Garden. Thank you so much for answering my questions and theirs. Have a good rest of the week. Thanks for for having me. me.